Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. It's a Friday, October 28th edition of Daily Faceoff Live. Tyler Yaremchuk and Mike McKenna, and a man who I would say, if you if I had to pick one member of the Daily Faceoff staff to be trapped on a desert island with, it would be this guy, Mike McKenna, because he's always talking, cooking up a chili, cooking up a pizza, all this stuff. Mike, how's it going? It's good. You know, I'm also really good with a blowtorch. The problem is on a deserted island, I don't know where you're going to find one of those things. So uh, I didn't take Boy Scouts, but I did TA stagecraft in university, as you would say in Canada, college in the United States. So yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. I'm kind of handy. I don't know, dude. How you doing, Tyler? I'm going to go watch wrestling tonight. Smackdown's in town. WWE. I can't wait. Woo. Look at that. Uh, so let's let's roll yeah. through this show. We're both excited to get to the weekend. So let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock and start with some talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs who dropped an OT decision to the San Jose Sharks last night. Eric Carlson gets the winner. We'll have a little bit more on him in just a second here. But for Toronto, you know, it's not panic time. And I saw people yesterday on Twitter going, oh, is it time for Sheldon Keefe to be on the hot seat? And I'm not quite getting there because they're above 500. Let's be real. But Mike, They've lost three games this year to Montreal, Arizona, and San Jose. Three organizations who are expected to be basement dwellers this year, and the Leafs, who are expected to be cup contenders, cannot find a way to beat them. Is that a concerning sign or just a coincidence that they're showing up flat for these games? At this point, I think it's concerning because it's been three games against clubs that really aren't in the top half of the NHL. Uh, now, do they work? Sure, Montreal, and Montreal's a dangerous team. I think that they're undercover sneaky. Uh, but you look at last night against the Sharks, who've been completely listless all season, and it's just a microcosm of what's been going on with Toronto. They just can't put games away against top teams. Now, have they lost two in a row? Sure. I don't think Keefe really hits hot seat territory unless the Leafs go into L.A. and Anaheim and lose those games. And then they go home to Philly and lose a game. Like if you lose five in a row and then you lose one at home against Philly, I, I think that's when it might change the discourse. But, you know, this club right now in Toronto is having a hard time scoring. You know, they're 27th yeah. in the league in offense, power plays mid-pack. Like Matthews has two goals. And, you know, you can say it's all in the players, but there's some coaching aspect to that too. And they've gotten good defense and goaltending. That's been forgotten. Like Sam Sonov has a 932 save percentage and he's four and one. The problem though, Tyler... The other goaltenders, Murray had one bad start and loss. Schalgren, 0-1-1. He's got an 8.57 save percentage. The goaltending, that's still on Kyle Dubas. And I don't think it's set because if you're dependent on Sam Sonoff to play every game from here on out to have a chance to win, I don't mm -hmm. like those odds. 
So let me ask you this. Jake Muzzin goes on LTIR and Mitch Marner had some really interesting comments about how, you know, the key for Muzzin is, you know, to get his day-to-day back to normal. Let's say you ha- you're you're in Kyle Dubas's seat and you have that Muzzin LTIR money. You know Murray could be coming back at some point as well, but you have the Muzzin LTIR money. Are you prioritizing goaltending or defensive help for this team? Well, I'm... I, I don't I didn't like the goaltending going into the season at all to start the seat the year. Mm-hmm. And I think you're at a point now, especially with you know, Joseph Wool is another goaltender in the Leafs organization. Well, he's been hurt. And Shalgren's been, I mean, kind of what you expect. Like he's been okay, a warm body. Like I do think there's a glaring hole. And I mean, even look at a team like Vegas, they got three NHL goalies right now. Brossois isn't playing, but Brossois gonna be back in the lineup in the next month or so. There's three guys there. You just wonder, like with that little bit of available money, if you got two, three million extra dollars, that's about the right amount to get a serviceable goalie in the NHL. And I think that's going to matter for the Leafs. I think Dubas is going to have to think about it. Plenty of big decisions to come. You mentioned Matthews only at two goals on the season. Do you still think he can get hot and get to 60 this year? Or is that out of the question with the slow start? Yeah, it's going to be tough. I mean, eight games in, you have two goals. You know, we were pretty, pretty excited about 60 goals last season. I still expect him to be in the high 50s. But they're going to have to come in bunches now. He's shown he can do that, and the power play is going to have to be better as well. Let's flip the script a little bit, and it feels weird to talk about this, but the San Jose Sharks get a win last night, and yet here we are talking about a complete teardown that's likely going to happen in that organization. Pierre Lebrun from TSN saying yesterday that, and I'm paraphrasing a little, but the Sharks are open to pretty much anything that doesn't involve Tomas Hurdle. And my mind immediately jumps to a guy who's at the bottom of their stats page right here, but Timo Meyer, just one goal in his first 10 games. He scored it last night. For me, he's 26 years old. He's proven that he can be a top-line guy for stretches in this league. Even if you're going into this big rebuild, in three years, he'll still be in his 20s. He could probably still help you coming out of this rebuild. I look at Timo Meyer as the ultimate sign of where things will go in San Jose. If you trade him, you are committing to suck for the next five years. If you keep him, maybe there's a, there's a chance this is an LA Kings-style rebuild where you just keep the core pieces, get some young talent in here, and boom, you're back in the playoff hunt in a couple of years. Meyer is the big deciding factor for me. Mike, when you look at this list of players who could be available for San Jose, is do you agree with me? Is Meyer the name that you're kind of keeping an eye on? Well, he's the one that I think has trade value. And the problem for me is that Meyer is pretty inconsistent in my eyes. I've seen him disappear in games. I've seen him be unbelievable in games. He's got to be physically engaged if he's at his best. What If you're Mike Greer, the GM of the Sharks, if you look at your lineup and go, who do I need to keep? I don't think Meyer's on that list. Like I think Hurdle's on the list just because you're not going to move that contract Mm -hmm. and he's probably going to be the linchpin going forward. So who's left? I mean, Carlson at $11.5 million, how are you ever going to move that deal? That just seems like an albatross. Does anybody in the league want Logan Couture at $8 million? I wouldn't. Who else? Vlasic. Okay. Vlasic said he wasn't used properly last year by Bob Bugner. Well, Vlasic has zero points in 10 games this year's DAS 5. So, like, I don't know who on this roster is going to garner a whole lot uh, of anything on the trade market. But if you can get it and if you're Mike Greer, I think you need to do it. They need, in my eyes, they shouldn't have signed Hurdle last year. They should have traded him, gotten first round picks, done the full rebuild. But that was before Greer. You can't look back. You can only look forward. So uh, mm-hmm. I don't want to say he's stuck with Hurdle. I like Hurdle. That's a good player to have. But everybody else, man, clean house. Start blank. Look at the Sens. Like, look at the tra- trajectory of that team. This is something that yeah. the Sharks could do, and they could mimic that rebuild. 
Yeah, and, uh, and with Meyer, like, I, I do like him. I think maybe you could keep him around, but you're right. Like, no one else there is going to get you multiple good assets. And if you let a team negotiate with Meyer and get him signed to an extension, you're probably getting maybe not quite an Alex Dabrinkit-esque return, but multiple, multiple solid assets. I want Quickly, before we switch to the next topic, Eric Carlson has nine points in 10 games. Am I crazy for thinking that if the Sharks kept half, he'd be a $5.75 million defenseman? There, I think there's a chance a contender bites on him at that price. You're crazy. There's too many years left. Ah, yeah, <laughs> not gonna that's happen. probably right. Four more years after this one left <laughs> for uh, Eric Carlson, who is, as you can see from the board, not quite the Eric Carlson that we remember from his Ottawa days. Uh, we talked about Matthews, only two goals in eight games. He is still the odds-on favorite to win the Rocket Richard, but he is not leading the league in goals right now. That belongs to Connor McDavid, who scored a hat-trick last night against the Chicago Blackhawks, and he was just buzzing. It was a vintage Connor McDavid night. He was spinning all over the ice. He was creating chances pretty much every time he jumped over the boards, and he's got this goal-scoring thing going this year. There's a lot of talk around Edmonton that McDavid's kind of made it a secret mission that, you know, he wants to show the league, I can be a 50-goal guy too if I decide to. He's right now, I think, plus 425 to win the Rocket Richard, lead the league in goals. And I'm starting to just get a little tempted to sprinkle some dough on that, Mike McKenna. Am I crazy for thinking the Rocket Richard is a possibility for Connor McDavid? I think it's a long shot. I mean, he's never gone over 44 goals in a season. The thing about it is, though, that McDavid's always striving to be better. And it's not just offensively, it's defensively as well. I, I just think it's a stretch. I actually had Leon Dreisaitl picked for the Rocket Richard this year, and he's got four goals on the season. I think with McDavid, it just seems to come in bunches, and that's why it's so noticeable with him. He'll rattle off two-goal game, three-goal game. His total point projection is, is through the roof because he never misses a game, it feels like, without being on the score sheet. But the actual goal scoring aspect, so much of it for McDavid is downhill, driving towards the net, and you just don't get as many of those opportunities as you could, like a dry idle on and off the blade, on the power play. So... I, I could it happen, you know, if there's slumps across the league, if if guys like Matthews or Kaprizov, Ovechkin, Kreider, these top names, if they don't really catch fire, maybe we're looking at 50-52 as leading the NHL. I could see that. But I think it's going to be tough for McDavid to head over 50. That's just kind of my gut on it, though, Tyler. Yeah, and, and I do think there's something to be said that right now he's shooting the puck a lot more. Um, and early in the year, I think he does have the mindset of like, you know, I'm going to try score more this season. Drysaddle and him mm -hmm. had a had a bit of a joke earlier in the year that Drysaddle said he could maybe pop home 60 this year. Um, but I also think at some point you always revert back to your old habits. And McDavid has always been a pass first guy. And I think there'll just be stretches this year where, like you said, he'll have runs like he's on now, eight goals in eight games to start the season. But there will be runs where he only scores twice in 10 games because, well, he's racked up 11 assists. I, I guess the better question, he's on pace for 150 plus points right now. Do you think he can keep up that kind of ridiculous pace? Could he be the first guy since the 90s to crack the 150 point mark? Yeah, you know, looking across the league and seeing that most teams are now well over three goals a game, like scoring is up. So, I, I don't want to say no on that. Like if he's healthy for all 82 games, I think he could hit 140, maybe nudge up against 150. I just, it's hard in today's game, though, through the course of the season. We always see scoring up at the beginning of the year, and it starts to come back down. So, again, I think it's kind of a long shot, but who's going to touch this guy for the scoring race? I don't know, man. He's on a different planet. Yeah, I don't think anyone's coming close to him points-wise this year. Uh, moving along to another 
wildly impressive individual performance from last night. And that's what Carter Hart did. This guy almost got to 50 saves in one game. He was sensational in the Flyers win. Since you are our goaltending guru, Mike, I want to start with Hart's performance last night. His performance so far on the season. Are you notice any diff- and noticing any differences in his game compared to last year? I think the confidence factor is real because I see Hart being very decisive in his movements and his routes, which are, it's letting him get his feet set before the shot and get his eyes on it very early. And I've seen him be a little bit more reactive too. And, you know, it's not even just the on ice thing, it's the off ice. Like you're seeing wins now with Carter and the, the post game picture that the Flyers are tweeting now. It's Carter Hart with a baseball bat and his teammates. And like, I just feel like he's probably at a stage in his career where he's a little more comfortable in the NHL and in his own skin. And I love to see that fun-loving side come out. That's what you need to have in a goalie is somebody having a good time. But I think Carter Hart and Jake Ottinger have been the best two goalies in the NHL so far this season. And I think it's something of a mirage with the Flyers right now because they are still giving up an awful lot, Tyler. I mean, Hurts averaging 38 shots against per game. Last night was the first time all year that he's allowed more than two goals in a game. He allowed three last night against the Florida Panthers. So, like, can Hart carry this club throughout the whole season at this level? No, I don't think that's going to happen. They've got to defend better. They're going to have to find some offense. But I do think that Hart can make this team be, be a tough out. Like, I think that they may be in the mix in a mid-pack club by the end of the season. He's definitely kept them to be respectable because right now the, the underlying numbers aren't good. It's been a lot of Hart in Philly. Yeah, it's it's been almost all Carter Hart. I get that guys like Konechny and Hayes are having good seasons right around a point a game. Um, but I look at this Flyers team. Their special teams isn't good. They're 15th in power play percentage. Mm-hmm. They're in the bottom half of the league in PK percentage. I went to natural statric. I looked up how their shot metrics are going. They're 30th in the NHL in 5v5 shots. Dude, none of the percentage. stats are good. None, none of, them none are of good. the advanced they're, stats are good. None of them. <laughs> they're, they're high danger. They're as a team, Hart and Sandstrom, their team high danger save percentage at five on five is 979. Mike, it right. doesn't take a genius to look at these numbers and go, this Flyers team is a mirage. It's a great story. They're working hard under Tortorella. They're first in the Metro. Awesome. Good for you. They're not making the playoffs this year. I don't have them, but I have them out of the gutter. I don't see them finishing last. Just they will work. They will get better under Tortorella defensively at some point. That's a bit of a maturation process for that club. And, hey, man, they're still missing players. Like with Van Riemsdyk and Atkinson not always available, you hope they find some health. But Carter Hart's been the main show for the Flyers. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. If they were healthy and you had Couturier, Van Riemsdyk, and Atkinson, that's Mm -hmm. basically a second line right there you could slot in. But Couturier suffered a setback. He's not skating anymore. Who knows? Van Riemsdyk is going to be out for, I think, still a month plus right now. So they're just not going to get healthier. And I just can't see the the way they're playing. I don't view it as sustainable. Um, But there are uh, maybe some fantasy gems on that Flyers team. A guy like Kevin Hayes has been shooting the puck a lot. And we're going to keep talking a little bit more fantasy with our friend Nick Alberga. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. 
And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Always a pleasure to welcome in our friend Nick Alberga to the show for some fantasy hockey talk delivered by DoorDash. There were a bunch of impressive individual performances last night. We've talked about McDavid. We've talked about Carter Hart. But now, Nick, I want to ask you about Brad Marchand. He returns to the lineup almost a month earlier than anyone expected. He scores twice. He adds an assist. He does Brad Marchand stuff. What are the fantasy implications of Marchand's early return to this Bruins lineup? Yeah, ho hum, Ty. He didn't skip a beat. And thanks for having me as per usual, guys. I just think you look at the Boston Bruins in general. I think they've been the most surprising team out of the gates. I think everybody was ready to write the obituary on this team. Hadn't seen them coach under Jim Montgomery and they've been a revelation early on. I thought even Jeremy Swayman was phenomenal last night after two so-so efforts to start his campaign. From the Marshawn perspective, I think he was trolling all of us. And kudos to anybody out there who was able to select Marshawn. I think his ADP was around 117, if you can believe it. Only ends up missing, what, six, seven, eight games. So that's a fantastic value if you're able to snag him on your fantasy roster. Played 17-31, four shots on goal last night. A game-winning goal, two goals, like he was everywhere. And I think at the very least, this boosts, again, the value of a Jake DeBrusque, who will be sticking for the time being on that top line. And then on top of that, I wonder what that means for David Pasternak, because David Krejci goes down last night. Uh, they trade Jack Studnika to the Vancouver Canucks. So suddenly, you know, the value's not there with Pasternak, where I was a couple games ago. But Marshawn was tremendous last night. I, I wasn't shocked, though. Yeah, I wasn't either. I mean, he just, it doesn't phase him. Like, come back in the lineup, it's like he hasn't missed anything. It's a sign of a veteran player that's done, been there, done this. You know, you look around the league and injuries are really the one thing that can crush a team when it comes to fantasy. And you've got to be able to find replacements. So I think of two players, you got Pavel Vuchnevich with the St. Louis Blues. You got Andre Palat, the New Jersey Devils. If, if you've had either of those players on your fantasy roster, who do you need to be looking towards to try to replace them and get that all around performance? Yeah, and I think you just have to roll with the punches, to your point. Certainly injuries are a part of the game in real life, and ditto for the conversation in fantasy. I think from the New Jersey perspective, you start with uh, Andre Palat. I think ultimately when you know injuries happen in the NHL, from a fantasy perspective, you have to decipher in-house what that means for the roster, what that means for his roster position, and then externally. When you look at New Jersey, a guy I would have on my watch list right now is Fabian Zetterlund. Uh, hopefully he's much better than Fabian Brunstrom, who played in this league a couple of years ago. But his first game the other night um, on the top line at seven shots on goal. He has one assist in two games, eight points in 14 career games. So at the very least, I would have Zetterlund on my watch list. Uh, he's been playing with Tatar and Heischer so far. As for St. Louis, um, I think you look at Jake Neighbors. 
playing with Ryan O'Reilly and Braden Shen, I think there's a bit of value in terms of his deployment right now. And then I would look externally. How about Max Domi, right, guys? Like, we all expected Chicago just to be just the worst team ever. And so far, they've been a reputable opponent, even playing the Edmonton Oilers uh, tough last night. Domi's got that attachment to Patrick Kane. And as long as Patrick Kane is playing with Max Domi, I think you have to give him a look, at least from a DFS standpoint. A four-game point streak for Domi. Three goals, three assists, six points, a game-winning goal. Played 19.54 last night. You love to see that for Max Domi trying to get his career back on track. Couple other names I would throw at you. Gabe Velarde's got six goals in nine games. Red hot to start his campaign. Kent Johnson, Connor Garland, and Andre Kuzmenko are a couple other guys I would look at. Nick, my my approach to fantasy is I like being a little bit of an injury vulture. Like when I see someone go down, even mm -hmm. if they're not on my team, I want to be scooping up someone off the waiver wire and just kind of making sure I'm extra screwing the guys in my league. Uh, Miro Haskin in situation. That's what I'm keeping an eye on right now. He's down for the stars. Who should I be vulturing off the waiver wire here? So the name internally is Nils Lungfist. If you do remember preseason, the New York Rangers, the Dallas Stars made a trade. I think anytime Jim Nil is a part of a trade, the, the savant himself, the draft himself, uh, I think you have to look at it. And what I've seen from Lungfist so far is, is pretty appetizing. And we don't know just yet the, the extent of the injury to Haskinen, but I think you're looking for PP1 QB capabilities. And Lungfist certainly has that. Picks up an assist last night. Jake Ottinger has been a phenomenal story, as you know, Mike, so far in the season. I think, quite honestly, your best look is going to be externally. I've really, really liked what Brandon Montour has brought to the table for the Florida Panthers, filling in for Aaron Eckblad. I thought he was a beast last night, although it's been a bit of a struggle and a, you know, a work in progress for Florida early on, which we expected. But four points in the last four for Montour. Matt Greslick is another guy with the Boston Bruins, especially with Charlie McAvoy still not playing games. He's the QB on PP1. You get that attachment, you get the exposure to 63, you know, Pasternak, Bergeron, the list goes on and on. So Greslick's another guy I would take a flyer on right now. I would also take a, a watch list look at David Juracek, expected to make his NHL debut tonight for the Columbus Blue Jacket. The pedigree is there, sixth overall in 2022. He has four points in five AHL games so far this season. And they're desperate, of course, with the injury to Adam Boakfist. And a couple other names, Ryan Pulak and, and Brady Shea. It's a bit harder to find value right now in the back end in fantasy hockey. This has been Fantasy Hockey Talk delivered by DoorDash, where you can use the promo code GAMEDAY25. Gets you 25% off and no delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app. Nick, enjoy the weekend of NHL games, and thanks for doing this. I'm hungry. I'm going to do that right now. Thanks for having me, guys. Take care. That way, Muzzy. Moving along to our daily face-off inbox question, hashtag AskDFO. And Mike, you know we are firmly in hockey season when there is a controversial goaltender interference call to discuss. And I love throwing these your way with your unique perspective. So this call, Evander Kane, it's called a goal initially. The refs kind of huddle up, decide, no, it's no goal. Then it's reviewed and confirmed to be no goal. Do you agree with the call? Should this have been no goal? I don't agree with the call. You know, just when I think I've got a good grasp on what's taking place for goalie interference in the NHL, I lose it again. I don't like this because I think Stalock had enough time to recover from Kane falling on top of him to be able to make that next save. And, and you'll see when the puck goes to the point, Stalock really is, he's up and ready for this shot. He may not have a stick, but he's recovered to his edges 
and he's got a chance to make that save on Kane. So I'm very surprised that this ended up being called a goal because typically the interference is going to happen on an initial shot. And then if the goalie can't recover in time, that's when you may be able to go back and take one away. I thought Stalock didn't have a lot of urgency to get up here either. I still think he should win the Masterton, but I think he needed to get up here in a hurry to be ready for that next shot. So I was very surprised by it, Tyler. Yeah, I kind of was too. Just again, there's an overhead view of it too, which we which we don't have. But Kane was outside of the blue paint, was pushed into mm-hmm. the blue paint, and I do think there was a bit of a sell job from Kane to fall a little harder into the goalie. But then, like you said, it seems like there was almost a bit of a sell job from Staylock to go. Ah, I'm gonna. Yeah, take I my think it went both then. ways. Yeah, yeah, so and that's why again, after the ref initially pointed it in, I kind of thought eh, that's a tough one to overturn. But then they changed their mind. The call on the ice then became no goal. It was very confusing. And Evander Kane eventually gave the refs an earful and got a two-minute penalty for it as well. It was a wild night last night in Edmonton, but Mike and I are on the same page. I feel like that one there probably should have counted. And if it did, the Oilers would have covered the puck line. They did not. And that was actually the only (laughs) bet I missed last night. Uh, So let's transition over to our points bet daily bet segment. I was, again, solid night. I went three for four. And tonight, there's not a ton that I like but we can dig into it courtesy of our friends over at Points Bet Canada. I am starting with the Colorado Avalanche taking on the New Jersey Devils. And the Devils have been a good story so far this year. They started a little slow. They started to find their groove, though. The Avalanche, you could almost say the same thing. Their last two wins have been impressive, and they've come against really high-quality teams as well. So the Avs are showing they can beat quality teams even when they're on the road. And I think this price just is a little bit too juicy for me. Minus 136, I'm not used to seeing the Avs price this way, so I'm going to be all over it. They should be starting Alexander Georgiev as well. He was sensational in their win over the Rangers. Avs money line minus 136 is my first play. Also, I'm taking a player prop out in Vegas. It's Jack Eichel to pick up an assist. He only has four in eight games so far, but you're giving me a plus 120 payout. They're taking on a Ducks team that has been bleeding offense or bleeding goals against as well. I like taking Eichel plus 120 to grab an assist. And uh, sorry, just quickly circling back to that New Jersey Colorado game, even though I'm taking Colorado, I do also like Jack Hughes to go over three and a half shots. He had hit this in five in a row. That streak ended in their last game out. I like him to bounce back, go over three and a half shots at a nice plus 100 even money price tag. And those are my three plays for a Friday night in the NHL. To wrap up the show, Mike McKenna, you got garbage time. Every year we do this. Everybody's giving it to Thatcher Demko about knocking the net off. Look at him do it on purpose. Oh, he's looking. What's he doing to these nets? It's always coming off. He's been doing it on purpose. He just wants to get a whistle. Like, you can go down through the tweets yesterday and see a lot of them that are similar to it. And I'm just so sick of this, man. There's no goalie in the NHL that's purposely going out and knocking nets off on purpose. I wrote an entire article about it last year about how the NHL can can fix this. And the problem is that the NHL allows on-ice officials, linesmen, referees, to go over and put the net back in place after it's been dislodged for the first time. What happens is snow gets down in the hole and then you can't insert the marsh peg deep enough in the hole to keep it in place, the post, okay? Now, I understand how this sounds, but this is reality, and this is a very technical description of this. And I'm watching last night, and the linesman puts the marsh peg in, in Seattle, and he starts stomping on the top of it with his skate blade to try to get it deeper in the hole. Why don't we have rink crews ready for this to skate out there, get out the turkey baster or whatever you need, the shop vac, clean out the hole, 
insert the peg, put the net on so we don't have these problems and we don't have people going bananas on Thatcher Demko for knocking the net off. I had one guy suggested to use this blade like a can opener to knock the net off. I played goalie for 29 years. I've never found a way to leverage my skate blade as a can opener to knock the net off. So I've had it, Tyler. I'm going to go watch wrestling tonight. This has been a great show. This has been a great show, and, and you get fired up about this, and that's what I love. But the insight into, yeah, like, we have rink crews for a reason. If it would take what, of all the things that we Put have delayed Put them on skates. For, yeah. Yes. We Just review everything the, in, the the, in the NHL. Yes. And we're letting linesmen put the nets back on. It's dumb. It's absolutely Makes dumb. No yes. Makes no sense, Mike. I, yeah. I, it's one of those things. It's a safety thing, too. So I, I, I'm with you 100%. I don't think anyone would argue with you. One of those little nuances of the game that the NHL could very easily start getting right. Uh, that's going to be a wrap for another fantastic week of Daily Faceoff Live. Shout out to Brendan Bradley, who's on graphics. Alex Allard, our technical producer as well. It's been a solid week. We'll be back on Monday, though, when Frank Saravalli is back in the big chair. Enjoy your weekend. We'll talk to you then. A new year is full of surprises, but one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take care of orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM. For a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM.